0: of Chandler Conference, so please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the
1: free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting
0: churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness,
1: holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Chapter 4, turn there with me. Uh, For a few minutes this evening, I want to minister to you on the meaning and the ramifications of the statement that is used in this text, the fullness of time. When Jesus was born, the world had come to a historic moment. Rome most of the world and the language was largely common commerce was uh, at a level that it was common there was a statement that was made that was uh, common there that all roads uh, lead lead to to Rome and so what this has to do with uh, is a historic moment When the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world, uh, there was a defining moment, uh, and this evening as we're in this building, we are at one of those moments. Follow with me for a moment as we read verses 4 and 5 of Galatians chapter 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. I want to talk to you about seizing the moment, if I could, for a few moments this evening. First of all, I want to uh, examine with you the preparation uh, by God. Most people, and even some believers, are ignorant of the providence of God. They do not understand, they do not take into consideration that there is a larger plan, there is a larger picture than their own personal involvement and their place and location, and they live life as if the events of life were accidental or if they were haphazard. We're short sighted as human beings, and many times, especially as God's people, we are me oriented in other words we live our lives we say we don't we we use all the cliches uh, uh but we live our lives as if our surrounding our present involvement uh it's all about me and i want to tell you that there's a larger purpose of god that is at work and i want to talk about that for a moment tonight we just returned in november from a tour of the seven churches of revelation and greece uh, and you cannot help, one of the most humbling things is to step into that arena. As you understand Bible history, some of these ruins are thousands of years old. And as you view these ruins, some of these are are, are, are a thousand years or more before the time of Christ. Cities that once existed, the city of Sardis. We went this year to the oldest city in Greece, which is Mycenae. We went by the uh, uh, and stopped at the ancient city of Troy. And as you see the ruins of these places and understand that there's nothing there left except the ruins that tourists come and view, you cannot help but understand that God has been at work in a deeper purpose than you and I. We were in Philippi. As we were in Philippi, this uh, city's in ruins, we viewed the place where the Apostle Paul would have preached uh, in that market. It still exists, and they can locate it know exactly where it is. We were in Corinth. We came before the Bayment seat of the judgment seat of Christ, where the Apostle Paul was summoned and, uh, and came there. There's nothing but ruins in these places huge stones and remnants of walls and yet this man the apostle paul who was locked into the purpose of god we're reading tonight from the message that he preached and the message that he bore and it is very humbling for us to understand that god is always at work look at this text for a moment in verse four we have this statement made the fullness of of time, Think about that with me for a moment uh, because this is a, an orchestration of events uh, to a predetermined uh, spot uh, in time uh, or a location uh, in time. Think with me for a moment uh, of this book that we hold in our hands. In between the book of Malachi and the uh, time of Jesus Christ's coming, uh, is 400 years of silence. God did not speak. There is silence. And yet the Bible says in John chapter 5 and verse 17, God is at work behind the scenes, but Jesus answered them, My Father has been working until now, and I have been working. Or in other words, God is at work far before you and I, even realize and many times in spite of whether we realize it or not god uh, is at work uh, in the world in which we live behind the scenes uh, and we find in the scripture statements that it just so happened or it happened but i'm going to tell you that there is no haphazard events in life. God is powerfully and wonderfully at work. We have Mordecai Kai, in the book of Esther. He's a part of the captivity in Babylon. He overhears a conversation in the gates, and in, a, uh, in that conversation is a plot to assassinate uh, the king. And that little event that he heard worked powerfully uh, in God's uh, uh, plan uh, of working, and he saved an entire uh, nation uh, from a genocide uh, of a wicked man uh, named uh, Haman. Now you have to factor this evening, this into your perspective. God is always working towards uh, a focal point uh, in time. Think with me about Philippians 2 verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now we serve an awesome God. Can you say amen? Amen. We sing that chorus. Our God is an awesome God. Think with the Apostle Paul for a moment. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 7 and 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Think about that for a moment. The wisdom of God, the awesome God that we serve, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages to our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory i was thinking as i was preparing this sermon about two fortuitous events uh, that has shaped our fellowship one of these was in uh, 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 1957 58 in los angeles california my wife and i were living in a little apartment underneath a house in a little yard with our children there was a lady that lived in back of us uh, with her husband uh, and uh, we met this lady uh, in 1957, 1958 and in 1975 we were on a tour to Israel, we stopped in Amsterdam, Holland and this woman and her husband were there doing some little Bible studies we struck up an acquaintance with them again as we would found out there we, they sent us a card and we were in contact with them and out of that event We began to work in Holland uh, and the powerful work of Holland came out of uh, that so-called little chance or it just so happened uh, and a powerful work that's impacting Holland uh, and parts of Europe today came out of that uh, fortuitous event. The second one that has helped us uh, was in 1957. In that same little apartment we had invited a man uh, that was out of the church that we were in he was there living there he was attending Bible school at that time and we invited him over for dinner that night one of the most embarrassing nights uh, of sister Mitchell who is a wonderful cook Uh, we had baked chicken that night and something happened to that uh, that meal I don't know what happened to that but I'm gonna tell you that I've never been in a place that you could at least chew on uh, what was there but I'm telling you that chicken was not fit to eat it was like a leather boot (laughs) this man went his way and uh, in 1977 is the next time I saw this man he came and visited he had heard what had happened uh, in Prescott he invited us into Perth uh, West Australia and as, uh, as, uh, uh, as we uh, sent an imp- uh, a music group there named Eden, uh, and it was a fortuitous event. It was a moment in time. Uh, that music group got into schools uh, in Australia. I don't think they can even do that anymore, but they were able to go in, uh, play and minister because it was a moment in time in Samoa right now. They're able to go into schools and sometimes uh, uh, play music for a thousand students at once. In South Africa, over and over and over again, these are fortuitous moments in time uh, and they will not always be there. When I first went into Guam and the Marianas Islands and preached a uh, uh, miracle crusade there, they can put up huge billboards uh, at every intersection. I said, what a wonderful thing. would to God we could do that in America? Can you say amen? One time you could do that in America. But in every intersection, here's a huge billboard, Miracle Crusade, Epau uh, Beach, uh, and these are fortuitous moments uh, that are passing by. They're not always with us, uh, but in retrospect, God orchestrates events uh, for his time schedule, um, and the preparation of God is these are what I'm talking about, are the times that God has orchestrated in the fullness of time. They are prepared moments that God has ordained. This brings me now to think for a moment about the facilitating of events. Is now this going to be an accident or is this going to be a revelation? Because think with me for a moment about the moment in which you and I live. Man for thousands of years uh, operated on just simple basic principles of life, uh, uh, very little changed. But something has happened in our generation. Uh, There has been an unlocking uh, of the creative genius that God has placed within mankind uh, that today is uh, facilitating uh, fantastic opportunities uh, for the preaching of the gospel. God has, as it were, leapfrogged uh, uh, events in bringing these to pass. they social, and they technological, uh, and they're geographic events that are taking place. Uh, and uh, just in my lifetime, can you imagine uh, that when I was born, the mode of uh, transportation was a horse and buggy? And I'm not that old. Are you still with me tonight? Think about that. Just in my lifetime, uh, there has been such a tremendous acceleration uh, of the events uh, of science uh, and uh, technology uh, that is staggering. Would you believe in 1948, I owned one of the first portable radios uh, that was uh, uh, manufactured and sold. Now you, you're you looking at me like I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm caught in a time warp. I'm talking, this thing was the cat's meow. It was about a foot long by maybe six or nine inches, had a portable battery in it. You could carry that thing around. This was the latest thing that was on the market. Today, you would laugh that that's obsolete because now I see guys around with this thing in their ear and they're talking on uh, some kind of an instrument uh, and uh, uh, this technology has leapfrogged and leapfrogged and let's review for a moment this generation because we cannot ignore this, uh, just take this for granted. This is just the way things always were. It is not the way things always were. We're living in a fantastic uh, generation uh, and the bible says uh, at this strategic moment in time god uh, sent forth uh, his son in the gospel of mark chapter 1 verse 15 says the time is fulfilled uh, and the kingdom uh, of god is at hand repent uh, and believe uh, in the gospel what we're talking about this evening is a time segment and this time segment is when the factors uh, For the maximum advantage uh, is brought to a juncture in time uh, and that is a critical understanding. We're living in an acceleration of time. Think with me for a moment. Uh, One author has said ever since the journeys of Paul and his friends, missionaries, uh, have hitch rides on the infrastructures of commerce and military power. What is different today is the sheer scale and speed of human mobility. When we were on this trip, we're riding on a bus from um, Philippi to Thessalonica, and the guide in Greece pointed out over to our right uh, uh, the old Roman highway called the Ignatian Way. This was a highway that stretched through, uh, and that's why it said all roads uh, lead to Rome. Because that road was a moment in time when there was a tying together of the known world. Rome ruled, there was a common language, there was a common commerce, there was peace relatively in the earth. It was a strategic moment when Jesus Christ came into the world for the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this evening as we're sitting in this place, We are at that critical juncture in time. There is a technological enablement. There is electricity, electronics, generation of power, vacuum tubes, computers, uh, computer chips, water transmission, satellites, GPS sites. uh, And these have opened the way tonight uh, to more people uh, than has ever been opened uh, in the history of the world. We have printing presses that churn out literature. It goes beyond that tonight. Many pastors in this building do not even use books any longer. They have computer programs. And with the click of a button, they can call up any commentary and any word search that they're looking for to facilitate them. We're living in a juncture of time when God has prepared the world uh, for the spread uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're talking about flight. Just uh, re- recently, in comparative time, uh, man began to fly. Orville and Wilbur, Wilbur Wright in Kitty Hawk uh, uh, in uh, uh, South Carolina, I believe it was, or North Carolina. They did the first flight. And as he did the first flight, that now has leapfrogged. Uh, And in August, I literally flew around the world. I preached in Melbourne, Australia. Flew from uh, Prescott, Arizona. Melbourne, Australia. Flew to Johannesburg, South Africa. Preached that conference. Uh, Flew to London. Preached a revival in Peter Jellis Church. And flew back to Prescott. Literally went around the world. Preached uh, three extensive meetings uh, in 21 days. uh, we're living in fantastic times uh, where technology has prepared the world we're living in the globalization of society we have this evening as we're sitting here uh, educational institutions and then those educational institutions our students uh, from all over the world are gathering to these places uh, Open to the gospel. Many of them are being reached by our churches. They are prime prospects for evangelism. Education is at a level where it facilitates the gospel. Business is facilitating this. It gives access. Uh, it gives exposure to most of the world in which we live. Uh, and someone made this statement. I, I remember, uh, I think it was yesterday, it was in the paper, someone uh, is uh, challenging this. Uh, but someone made a statement, there's more people on, alive on planet Earth tonight uh, than have ever lived. Uh, and this p- article in the paper was challenging that. But they were using a model stretching back 50,000 years. And I'm sorry, man has not existed that long. More people alive, available to be reached by the gospel of Christ. God, in the fullness of time, has triggered this moment. Knowledge is increased. There's an explosion of data, satellites, cell phones, computers, iPods. All of these things have worked together. They can tell you today what the weather's gonna be tomorrow. They can see a satellite. They see the storm. They can fairly accurately predict uh, what the weather's gonna be. And on top of this now, we have unprecedented uh, resources uh, that are in the hands uh, of common people. There's more wealth uh, in the hands of ordinary people than there's ever been uh, in the history of the world. Uh, There's a social climate that is conducive uh, to the spread of the gospel. We have refugees from various nations, and they're gathered in various metropolitan areas. We have refugees in some of our churches. I'm just going to call out the names of the churches I've preached in the last year, from Myanmar, from Sudan, from the Congo, from Darfur. All of these are refugees, and there's a cry in the heart of man, and that cry is... God help us uh, in the generation in which we live. They're crying out to God. One author said, "God has called. Uh, Jesus has called us uh, into a world of mounting ethnic-based hostilities, uh, and an unabated epidemic of AIDS." Uh, the deciphering of the genetic code, rogue nations and terrorist groups with weapons of mass destruction, intruding technology to the point that privacy is now considered an obsolete 20th century luxury, curious viruses that are resistant to treatment, the disintegration of families, international drug gangs, high-tech slavery, sexual perversion with no limits, And increasing ecological calamities. uh, And mankind is crying out tonight uh, for a solution. And we have been brought to that juncture in time. Just as the Bible says in the fullness of time uh, God sent forth his son. Tonight you and I are gathered uh, at a crucial juncture in time. uh, And this brings us uh, a haunting challenge uh, as we're here. History has uh, defining moments. In these defining moments, God is requiring a human response. If you're here in this place tonight and you claim to be a believer in Jesus Christ, you claim to be a servant of God, you want to do the will of God, you cannot escape the challenge that is before us tonight. God has always required a human response in these moments. Listen to Matthew 23, 37 and 38. O Jerusalem... Jerusalem the one who kills the prophets and stones those uh, who are sent to her how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing but you were not willing see your house uh, is left to you uh, desolate and then again in Matthew 16 verse 3 and in the morning it'll be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening and hypocrites uh, You know how to discern the face of the sky, uh, but you cannot discern uh, the signs uh, of the times. You see, individuals tonight are the catalyst uh, for these defining moments in time. uh, And as I was inspired to uh, this conference for a theme, Seizing the Moment, it makes a nice sound. uh, But you see, it's not just a cliche. uh, It's something that God uh, would lay upon your heart uh, and upon your soul think for a moment with me about these defining uh, moments uh, in time here we have uh, a uh, challenge that God lays before us Uh, the ball is in our court uh, and redemption has to be made real through human beings uh, that will act listen to john chapter nine uh, verse four that text that is upon our conference uh, brochure. I must work the works of him uh, who sent me while it is day. The night is coming uh, when no one can work. So here we have then this uh, uh, responsibility. The ball is in our court. Are we going to seize the moment? Uh, are we going to grasp uh, the opportunity that God has given to us? Uh, or are we just going to go on uh, like uh, Life is going to continue the way it always has been. Think about that illustration that Pastor Camel used uh, in his uh, uh, sermon or in his uh, taking of the offering. Here's a woman with an alabaster box, and and as this woman comes, uh, it's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. Uh, She never again ever had that opportunity that she had that night. uh, but she seized upon that moment Uh, she acted upon that moment of impulse as the Holy Spirit no doubt moved upon her and Jesus said uh, this woman has done uh, something unique Uh, she has done what she could uh, and uh, as she's done that uh, she has anointed my body for burial she never again would have had that opportunity and this is why uh, As Pastor Camel said, this is going to be spoken of throughout the world uh, as a memorial. Each of us sitting in this place uh, must answer to this. We have the power and potential of individuals uh, that are beyond description. Human potential is absolutely staggering. Jesus uh, 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 speaks of this over and over again. James spoke about this in the book of James chapter 3. And he uses a little illustration about the human tongue. He's giving a negative illustration. And I want to turn that around. He said these great ships. Though they are powerful and mighty. Are turned about with a very small uh, rudder. uh, and by the helm we have horses uh, that have tremendous power and yet we're able to turn them about uh, by a little bridle uh, he says that there are uh, uh, there are fires that are ignited uh, that become uh, a raging inferno and this is all done uh, by the human tongue let's turn that to a positive uh, interpretation By human speech and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and bearing witness, uh, we are able to uh, cause momentous events to transpire. Many of these we don't fully realize uh, the ramification. I told you about uh, only two fortuitous moments uh, that God moved, uh, and uh, little did we understand what was going to come out of those events, but God uh, understood He uses the illustration of a powerful beast that is able to be guided and is able to be controlled by a very small instrument. And then he uses the imagery of a raging inferno. You and I are called to set a fire in the earth. Can you say amen? We are called to act upon the moment that God gives us. This is a moment of uh, God's preparation. The ball is in our court. uh, And uh, we want to use the illustration uh, of this tremendous uh, uh, illustration of Mordecai in the book of Esther. Here is a turning point in history. Here is the plot of the devil to frustrate all the purpose of God In time of eternity, uh, there's the people of God. They're in captivity in Babylon. Uh, Mordecai, Acts, brings a word to Esther. And I want you to listen carefully to these words. Mordecai uh, told them to answer Esther. And he said these words. uh, If you will remain completely silent at this time, relief uh, and deliverance uh, will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom uh, for such a time uh, as this as we're sitting in this building the uh, tent tonight uh, and this conference there's some hearts that god is dealing with as you're listening to my words uh, some of you are just here you're here for various things, but there's some of you here tonight god's touching your heart uh, it's burning within you he's touching you about your part and your response uh, to this moment of time. For many of these are just other services. But for many who are here. This is a defining moment. And you're going to by the Holy Spirit. God is going to grip your heart. Uh, and you're going to spe- be, be spoken to. Uh, and you're going to have to. Respond. You see, we're in a crucial moment of time. Most of you uh, have not lived enough uh, uh, years to be uh, fully cognizant of, of what's happening in the generation in which we, we're living. Many of you are young. You have your whole lives before you. And uh, you're thinking about various kinds of things. But I want to tell you, this world is on the cusp uh, of tremendous and momentous events uh, for good or for bad islam tonight uh, aims to kill you it is not just another ideology it is not just another movement it is a satanic inspired uh, demon-possessed agenda and they're either going to convert you to islam or they're going to kill you that's what their agenda is you're sitting in this building tonight Your life is not going to continue. I said this in 9-11. I said this is going to change everything about your life. I spoke before my congregation. uh, And I said to you tonight. uh, Things are not just going to go on. The way they have always gone on. We are living in tremendous time. We either will seize the moment. We will act uh, for what God has prepared us for. Or we will miss that opportunity. uh, And millions will perish uh, And there's a heads up uh, tonight uh, in this building. Our fellowship exists uh, because the Prescott Church uh, recognized uh, a moment in time. They recognized they did not fully comprehend all that God was doing, but they seized the moment when a generation of young people uh, that were traveling all over the United States and the world were fornicating, doing drugs uh, in full rebellion. This little simple congregation rose up and they seized the moment. As they seized that moment, uh, only God knows the impact uh, that that little congregation uh, has made uh, in world evangelism uh, tonight. Listen to these words of scripture as I wind down tonight. Romans uh, chapter 13, uh, verse 11 and 12. And do this, knowing the time uh, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep verse 12 says the night is far spent the day is at hand therefore let us cast off the works of darkness uh, and let us put on uh, the armor of light ephesians follows that up in one translation and says wake up o sleeper rise from the dead and christ will shine on you be very careful then how you live Uh, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, uh, but understand uh, what uh, the Lord's will uh, is. I was pondering as I was preparing this sermon. We were in these ancient cities of Philippi. As we were there, there were the ruins of a, a huge church that had been built there in a period of time it is only ruins we were in corinth uh, and uh, there is uh, a huge evidence of a church that once stood there we were in philadelphia huge remains of a church that once there but not now there is no message uh, there is no witness going out of those places uh, today How will history tonight uh, record how you're going to respond? Because how you respond is going to determine the course of history for untold millions of people uh, in each of these places. There once were large populations. There once was a powerful witness for God. But that witness is no longer there because they did not seize the opportunity uh, and carry that message for God forward. Make no mistake tonight, we're in this place, we're at a historic juncture in human history. Listen to these words, these are the last words in the book of Acts and it makes a tremendous statement and that statement is the last word, it's the word unhindered. And it literally is an adverb and it's used to describe the unstoppable progress uh, of the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ from Jerusalem uh, to Rome. Here's the moment in time. A moment that God has prepared. It is the fullness of time uh, as we're sitting this generation in this tent. uh, We have enough money to do this. Can you say amen? We have enough money to do this. If we will properly allocate it, we have enough people to do this if we will properly deploy them. But the key is again uh, the same as it's been always who will go for us? I want you to bow your head for a moment as we pause in this place. Uh, and as I've been speaking, God's been talking to some hearts. I know that everybody that is here, perhaps the Lord is not talking to your heart. But many who are here, you realize these simple words that I've spoken. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How will you respond tonight? What will be the record that will be written in your life? Will it be one that they have responded, they have seized the moment... Or will you simply go from this place tonight Go from this week of conference uh, And as we go from here It's conference as usual It's business as usual Or tonight will you seize the moment uh, That is put before you Just before I change this to other things uh, There are people sitting in this building Who are not born again You may be a Christian But you're not born again There are people here who are backsliders You're not right with God God's speaking to you this evening about taking advantage of the opportunity that God lays before you God's love and grace uh, and his anointing has been in this entire service he's speaking to hearts uh, and I'm wondering tonight if you will respond to the love of God in Christ uh, you're walking aimlessly you're bound with sin uh, you pillow your head every evening bound uh, by the power of sin uh, And you desperately need God to touch your heart. I wonder if you'd make a decision right now for Jesus Christ and allow the Lord to touch your heart and allow him to touch your mind. I wonder if you'd respond tonight to the love of God. Just before I change this to other thing, you would lift your hand and say, Pastor Mitchell, I don't fully understand all you're saying, but I need God tonight. I'm desperate. I want your prayer. Would you lift your hand and hold it right there so I can see it from left to right, from front to back. You'd hold it up. Say, Pastor, I need God. I'm not saved or I'm backslidden. I don't want to pass this service. Would you quickly? I'm not going to hold it. You want me, my, me to pray for you. Slip your hand up and hold it where I can see it. Left to right. Uh, and front to back alright changing the invitation for a moment I'm wondering how many people tonight uh, that you came uh, to this service uh, and you mean business with God you want to seize the moment these are not just words that I spoke I'm quoting of actual uh, conditions and circumstances uh, and the events that are before us uh, and you came to this service tonight and you want to seize the moment uh, you're willing to do whatever has to be done you're willing to make any sacrifice uh, that needs to be done you're willing to go anywhere that you need to go you're willing to do anything that you need to do to seize the moment for your life Uh, because remember these moments uh, are prepared by God uh, and they pass us by and sometimes they never appear again I wonder how many people in sincerity of heart say pastor I want to seize that moment in my life. You slip your hand up and hold it right there where you are. I'm going to go from this week. I'm going to be a vessel under honor. I'm going to be an individual that has surrendered to God. This is what God's looking for. He's looking for surrendered lives. And the question is always is who will go for us? It is not who will be religious. It's not who will dabble at religious things. It's who will go for us. You slip your hand up and say, Lord, here's my life. I'll lay it out. Amen. We're going to stand and sing this chorus. On bended knee I come. I want you to fill these altars. I want you to fill these aisles. And we want to let God have right of way in hearts and lives in this tent tonight. This is going to be a momentous uh, a week. I want you to bow your knee. I want you to lay hold of God. I don't want you to disgenuflect. Uh, I want you to begin to pray out and tell God what you're willing to do. Uh, on bended knee I
0: come.